0: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Academia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Loughlin.
2: I'm Maddie Cassidy.
1: And I'm Elise Avalon. That's right. <laughs> Switching <laughs> it up on you. This That's week. right.
0: <laughs> Fan favorite Elise Avalon My
1: <laughs> 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 God, you're too nice.
0: <laughs> Justin's on vacation up in the mountain, so we didn't want to make him, uh, you know, come in and and record with us. Yeah, he's enjoying lake time during his vacation. So <laughs> we are bringing Elise on to to take his place, maybe permanently.
2: Just kidding. Yeah. We're kicking off Justin. Sorry. Just Uh kidding. Justin.
0: Love you. There, there are fans out there who are madly in love with Justin and will riot in the streets. (laughs) If we were to remove him from the show, Riot. there will be just mass pandemonium throughout the entire seafood industry. If just, if Justin was no longer part of the academia podcast. So we'll keep him around. He's just on vacation this week. Elise is here to join us. We know y'all love Elise and, uh, (laughs) Elise, thanks for coming on. We're going to talk about something super cool today. I wanted to highlight a story that is in the Global Aquaculture Advocate, which is GAA's online magazine. And it is something that's really cool because it's talking about the blue blood of horseshoe crabs, which is just a super cool topic. You guys read the article correct?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea about any of this subject before reading this.
0: So this brought me back to my days working at the aquarium. I used to be a program educator at New England Aquarium and we, I would travel to schools like elementary schools. You know, you go into like a fourth grade classroom with a bunch of tide pool animals and have them like touch a sea urchin and all this stuff. But then at the end it was like this big reveal. And you either brought with you a lobster, a live lobster or a live horseshoe crab. And you like pulled out the horseshoe crab, and all the kids would like <laughs> freak out and like, oh my god! <laughs> say this is an ancient creature. They're from you know prehistoric times and all this stuff. It's super cool. And we would show them all the the horseshoe crab. And one of the cool things that we would talk about with the horseshoe crab is that their blood is super valuable for biomedical research and and testing of vaccinations and all this stuff. And um, that's kind of. What the headline article this week, if you're obviously when you listen to this, it will be last week, but when we're recording, it's the headline article this week, and it's talking about how farming of horseshoe crabs can help with the COVID-19 pandemic because their blood is used, and we'll get into how it's used and and what's in it, but their blood is used to test for bacteria in things like vaccinations and stuff like that. So
2: super interesting, relevant article that I as... Someone who is – is I still consider myself to be relatively new to the seafood industry. I had no idea about this. And I think it's fascinating that this animal is so valuable in the medical industry. Like, I never, ever would have put that together. It seems so random, but, like, they're a pretty big deal, horseshoe crabs.
1: Yeah, I – I knew a little bit about this. I grew up near Long Island Sound, and I remember like seeing people going and tagging horseshoe crabs on the beach and stuff, and I knew that their blood was valuable for medical purposes, but I didn't really understand why until I read this article. It's pretty cool. Mm.
2: (laughs) I just thought they were like a funky looking animal, and that's why people liked them.
0: I was terrified of (laughs) of horseshoe crabs when I was a kid. I was so scared of them. Yeah. I mean, I have, so Maddie knows this, at least you probably know this too, but I have absolutely crippling (laughs) arachnophobia. (laughs) Yeah, um, and I know they I know are
1: arachnids, a, aren't they? <laughs>
0: uh, are they? They're crustaceans.
1: <laughs> but like they're similar to spiders.
0: I think they have six legs and not eight, but I don't know for sure. But I think this that was part of why I was so afraid of them when I was a kid. Because they were big and like spiky, and you know, other kids always tell you that they sting they with their are tail. Arachnids. Like a the stingray. They are so there you go. So I was absolutely terrified when I was a kid, and then I got older, and the first time I had to teach with one. You know, you get that kind of like primal fear that comes back in and they're like, you know, they're completely safe. There's not They don't even yeah. really have pinchers. Their pinchers are like, you know, nothing. And so it's just kind of, it's kind of funny how like they are really scary looking when you're a kid, but they're super interesting. And their blood actually is blue. Yep. I feel like that's something else that kids like to spread around. Oh, your, your blood is blue inside your body until it <laughs> becomes, yes. you know, I remember until, that. It, until it hits the oxygen in the air and then it turns red. And it's like, no, just your your blood is red <laughs> no and, it's red, yeah, it's red. <laughs> that's why that's why it had something called red blood cells not why blue is it
1: always like this like i feel like everyone growing up heard that at one point <laughs> I or another just <laughs> that's like I, feel like, kid rumor.
0: I feel like if you look at the veins on your arms like they look blue and it's probably because of the veins themselves right filter out yeah. the yeah light or somehow. like the
2: skin is like filtering yeah and color. so that's
0: probably something like that's probably what it came from but the Horseshoe crabs, actually, their blood is blue. If you see the pictures of them taking blood from, like, they just have, like, IV catheters in uh, at the base of the tail of these horseshoe crabs. And the blood looks like the blue milk from Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it really does. It really does. It's super cool. Um, Let me see. I'm going to bring it up on my... think i have it up on my phone so i want to go through the article a little bit because i think this is something i'm surprised that this hasn't come up yet because i've known since you know since i used to teach that back 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 in the day (laughs) that um their blood is used for testing vaccinations and stuff and the fact that it's just coming out now is actually kind of interesting i'm surprised that it hasn't kind of been maybe it's been going on since the beginning of this but the problem always was that people couldn't figure out how to like farm them
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so this is a species that is prehistoric; they've been around for hundreds of millions of years, and we couldn't farm them, so we would just collect them. And it was gonna it, to to get the amount that you need to really have accurate and reliable testing. I think it said something like forty five thousand. Let me just
2: horseshoe crabs. Yep.
0: Okay. Uh. Yeah. Forty five thousand horseshoe crabs. Uh, would provide enough LAL, we'll talk about L, what LAL is in a second, uh, for all current diagnostic needs and even help to detect endotoxins in pretreated human blood samples. So that's like, that's a lot of animals to be taking out of the environment.
2: And if I'm not mistaken, aren't horseshoe crabs like verging on endangered? Or am I making that up?
0: Uh, I can't I'm speak sure, to actually. the status of it. I probably should have looked that up. Hang on, I let don't me think, Google they it.
1: did say in the article too that like six uh, about six hundred thousand are removed from the environment each year, which is yeah, a lot. That's a
2: lot. I don't. Okay, so their horseshoe crabs are their conservation status is near threatened. So that means that they're like verging on endangered, and so to be taking out that many, especially it from an almost endangered species, it's like. Can not be catastrophic, good. especially because we rely so heavily on them for this valuable thing that they provide to the medical industry. Yes, yeah, so concerning. Not,
0: I, I won't like read through the whole article because I want you, our you can read it yourself. I want our listeners to go there and read the article, and then while you're there. You know, maybe sign up to become a member and then read every article that's on the advocate and watch all of our videos and go take all of our courses and <laughs> listen do all of the, things, all the we, things. We give you so much good quality content that there's no reason for you to not be an expert in all things seafood aquaculture. That's there's my pitch for the for the episode. <laughs> but what the crabs have in their blood that we use is something called Limulus Amoebocyte Lysate. Say that five times fast. Wow. Good job. <laughs> And I'm just going to read this part right from it because... It's it's, also
2: known as L-A-O.
0: Yeah, well, we'll we'll refer to it as L-A-O. LOL. Lol. (laughs) It's an extract of amoebicide cells that is used in sterility testing to ensure that drugs, vaccines, and medical devices are free from potentially deadly bacteria called endotoxins. So you run the vaccine that you develop through a test with these LALS, and they will detect if it is has an infection of any of these harmful bacterias, which is super duper important because it'll be something that you're injecting into your body. You don't want those harmful bacterias. So when we're talking about developing a vaccine for something like COVID-19, you can't just say, hey, I think we cracked the code on this vaccine. We're going to just inject 500,000 people with it, see what the results are, and then get after it. Before they do that, these need to be tested thoroughly to make sure that they're not filled with all these other things that could be potentially more harmful to the people that you're administering it to. And that's where the horseshoe crab blood comes into play because it has these LALs in them and they can extract those from the blood and then use it to test these different vaccines and things. And so that is the importance of it. And the issue has been that they're not really that farmable. People haven't really understood how to, in the past from what I understand, people haven't really understood how to breed them in captivity raise them in captivity what the p- optimal water quality and all that i think they've had trouble doing that in a way that is financially feasible eco- you know economically feasible and you know sustainable and all this so it it's it can be done but it's not really from what i understand it's not really that sustainable but it seems like Someone's making progress there. So that's kind of where the article, you know, leads you into. Is it Kepley Biosystems that developed it?
1: Yeah, they're a life science startup in North Carolina. And they created the recirculating aquaculture system tanks. And they were able to essentially farm these horseshoe crabs. They were in there for like 12 months.
0: 12 months, I think they said. And they yeah. said they had they showed normal growth. Yeah. And they maintained pretty good health. Um, I think it was basically a successful trial run with these... RAS tanks.
2: Gotta say like really perfect timing for them to have started this because I assume that they started it a year or two ago, probably two years ago. And now it's like, we really need this to become a thing because of the global pandemic that we're in right now. So little did they know that they're doing this at the perfect time.
1: Yeah. It sounds like a lot of people tried to do it previously, but for a variety of reasons, they just were not successful. So I'm oh, not we, sure. we know
0: you can keep them in captivity. I mean, we yeah. had we had them in tanks at the aquarium,
1: mm-hmm. and right. we
0: would we would then we would literally wrap them in a, burla- a seawater soaked burlap strip, and they'd they'd be fine the whole time we were out traveling to schools and stuff. They're hardy. Obviously, they've been around for millions of years. So we know that they can live in tanks. I think the issue was the the numbers and the quantity and. And making it feasible to actually raise a whole bunch of these in yeah. captivity, keep them alive for long enough to get this blood. I think it takes a while for them to kind of get back. You know, when you give blood, when you donate blood, the you know it takes like a day or, or two to kind of get back to normal levels, and you, your body kind of takes a little bit of time to to get make up the you know the blood that you donated I think it takes a lot longer with horseshoe crabs they said something about like having these guys in for 12 months they could get 24 samples I don't know if they'd call them samples but like extractions from Mm -hmm. a crab in a year so it's like twice a month that they're able to extract blood which is you know pretty frequent but it's going to take a lot a lot of crabs
2: to do that definitely it's not an unending resource we'll put it that way
0: yeah, for sure. And so using an RAS system is game-changing for this. If they can get them to breed and live that long in captivity uh, and maintain their normal good health, that's that's huge. It says here, uh, it's an innovative way of conserving horseshoe crabs in the wild while supplying the medical industry with a sustainable resource that will save human lives, which is what everybody wants. Doesn't matter what side of the board you're on, that kind of satisfies both, which is great. Having a controlled quality product from a stable approach is going to be very important and that's imperative to ensure the future of commercial LAL products are strictly controlled and optimized in order to consistently detect the myriad of different pathogenic bacterial organisms that are currently on the rise. Did you get all that? <laughs> I want to know what you guys, I mean, what, what, are, you, what are your guys' thoughts on this? I, I feel like I'm kind of taking over the... The mic here. So Elise, what 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 stood out to you in this article?
1: Well, I didn't even realize that they were attempting to farm them or that they had attempted to and were unsuccessful. I just think it's crazy how important their blood is, like Maddie said earlier, for vaccines and you know, now more than ever is it's super important. It's just really interesting to me. I was actually just Googling some more about it. It's like crazy to see all I found this picture of like these horseshoe crabs lined up and like being bled. It's like super interesting to look at. Yeah. It's just like bizarre looking. <laughs> yeah,
0: that picture has been around for a long time. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, they, they rig up this like rack yeah. that they're basically like mounted on, and their tails are hanging down below, right? Yeah, and they got the uh, and they got like a tube coming out of the middle, right where the hinge is, where the exactly. tail is. Picture a horseshoe crab, right? You get the shell on top. It's like a it's like a hoof shape. It's got two little beady eyes on top of the shell, and then you get kind of this little flappy area in the middle, and then it's the pointy tail sticking out right where the hinge is for that tail. If you were to bend the tail down, there's a soft part in there, and that's where they put the catheter. And then you see this tube coming out of that part of all these horseshoe crabs lined up on the rack, and it's got this blue liquid coming out, and it's just going into big jars that's just filling. filling it is bright colors. blue.
2: Like their yeah. blood. Yeah. it's not like dark blue or Navy blue. It it's, is like bright
0: like, blue. Yeah. It's like Carolina blue. That
2: is crazy.
0: <laughs> super cool. Wow. It's super cool. And I don't know how anyone discovered this. I mean, it, it probably was that someone real, someone f- probably wondering. found out that their blood was blue. And then they were like, we have to test this for like everything. Cause this is so different. They get, we got to figure out what's in this that makes it blue. And I'm sure through that, research they found all kinds of other things in it Maddie, did you see any reason why it's that color do they just not have red blood cells is it just a different type of of blood cell that they have or did you stumble upon any of that
2: no i haven't found anything pretty much everything that you can find online about horseshoe crab blood is just that it's super valuable and like why it's valuable there's nothing that i could find that's like about why it is the way that it is
1: I just maybe it has bit. to do with it that it's
2: prehistoric.
1: It says that there's copper present in their blood. And so that
0: reacts with
1: yeah. Hmm.
0: So it's red when it's in their bodies, right? And then when it reacts with oxygen, it turns blue. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Don't even. laughs>
0: no, guys, that's not true. Don't don't <laughs> quote me on that. That was a joke. That's I don't actually believe that. Please don't quote me on that in any kind of press. <laughs> The education department at GAA thinks that horseshoe crab blood is red when it's inside their body.
1: Um, yeah, I don't – how they discovered this and the uses for it is beyond me. But <laughs> it's really it's interesting. A, it's a,
0: it's, it's yeah. really cool, and I'm really excited to see where this goes because, you know, when they discovered that a zebrafish – and this is just – This is the world that I used to live in in my last job when they discovered that zebrafish could be like a good model for humans, just like mice and some other animals. And they realized, oh, it's an animal that we can breed really quickly. And they get large quantities and all this, which obviously is not as much the case with the horseshoe crab. But you started seeing labs pop up all over the place with these big fish rooms where they're just they got these racks full of little tanks where they raise zebrafish like like crazy and the innovation moved very, very quickly with that. And I'm really excited to see if that happens with this too now that they've kind of like figured out, okay, we can raise these horseshoe crabs, we can breed them, we can maintain a good life for them. So there's good animal welfare, there's good health, and we're getting good clean products that are traceable. And we know everything that goes into their diet and all this stuff. I'm really hoping that we see a boom in research, biomedical research labs that are growing these horseshoe crabs, too, for this purpose, because I think when scientists latch on to something that works, they go all out on it, which is great.
2: It's really cool that aquaculture can help be a part of the solution for this, because it seems like how can aquaculture contribute to the fight against coronavirus other than just like donating supplies and technology, but actually it, it can directly help with vaccines and the actual medical field. So it's really cool to read this article and learn about how not only the seafood industry, but specifically the aquaculture industry can help contribute to this global issue.
0: Yeah. They mentioned that in the article that this is the way that aquaculture can help. Well, aquaculture has been doing a lot of things. We've talked to a lot of companies that have been helping donate meals. We spoke with a company that was donating some machines that that help increase. I think they added 2000 tests a day uh, to places like Ecuador and Chile somewhere. So
1: and places that have turned their like labs into testing facilities, mm-hmm. which is cool.
0: Yeah. And, you know, people are still eating. Aquaculture has allowed for food to still be available to people, obviously, in addition to other food production areas. But we know aquaculture has been important in this, uh, and this is just another way and possibly one of the more important ways, depending on how you look at it, to help with this. Because, I mean, if we can attribute a widespread delivery of vaccines in the near future because they could accelerate testing for harmful bacterias in those vaccinations through the farming and not just collection of horseshoe crabs. That's huge. You're welcome world. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, come on. It's awesome. It's awesome. I'm really excited to see where it goes. We didn't even really scratch the surface with all the information that's in this article It's not by any means long and boring. It's quick, but it is chock full of really good information. I really, really highly recommend that anyone listening to this go to the Advocate website and read the article. Uh, It probably won't be the headline article when you're listening to this anymore, but we will link to it in the show notes. And make sure you check out all the other articles there, too.
2: And it's by Bonnie Waycott, who I believe is a listener of the podcast. So shout out to Bonnie.
0: Shout out to Bonnie. How we doing? Thank you for writing (laughs) such a great article. And thank you for being a listener. Anything else you guys want to say about this? Like I said, there's a lot we could talk about, but I just really wanted to highlight this article. They they did an article because of the relevance of everything that's going on right now. But also there's a, a new paper that was published that is, you know, addressing a lot of the issues that we talked about earlier. So do you guys have anything else that you want to say about this?
1: I don't think so. They should just go read it. (laughs) Yeah, we'll link to it in the show
2: notes, like Sean said. So feel free to jump on that and take a read.
0: Yeah. And like we said, while you're there, just stay there and keep reading. There's so much information. (laughs) There's so much information. Insert
1: plug for for other (laughs) things.
0: (laughs) Yeah, join our membership, you know. but, But more importantly, what we want you to do, the three of us right now, is to make sure that you are subscribed wherever you're listening to this episode. Wherever podcasts are podcasts, you will find us. We are there. And if you're able to leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast, please leave us a five-star review. Written review, just take five minutes. Just say, you guys are awesome. And that really helps us get in front of more eyes and, and move up the charts in Apple Podcasts and all that. And it helps us connect with you guys. So we really appreciate it. We got a couple really good uh, reviews recently. We want to thank you so much for leaving those reviews. It really means a lot to us. And uh, I think that's all we have to say. If you want to contact us, you can email podcast at org,
2: Or you can follow us on Twitter at AquademiaPod.
0: And that's it. Elise, you got anything you want to plug since we got you here? <laughs> No. If you you missed the uh, GAA stakeholder update, you can watch that too. Maybe we can link to that for anyone who's interested.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: You get to hear Elise's voice on there along with (laughs) mine. Thank you so much for listening, Elise. Thank you for coming in uh, in Justin's place. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.
2: Bye. Bye. You have to say ciao, Elise. Ciao.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not bad. (laughs) You sound just like him.